Hello everybody and welcome back to the cutback. This is my first time introducing it. I almost said the post 20, but gotta shake that out. Um, we will be without Evan tonight. He got worked on on his jaw again, so he's out of commission for this week. So we got our reoccurring guest. He's been he's back now quicker than the last time he was on previously. It's Zach. Welcome back. Hello. My first time on an edition of The Cutback. That's very true. That's very true. I should have said it that way, but um, good to have you back on. Appreciate you filling in while Evan's out. Before we get into the matches, and I'm sure we'll talk about the, the cups that happened today and uh, over the weekend. Um, so record-wise, with only the eight games, Zach, you went three and five. I went four and four. Evan led the, led the group in the week five and three. Overall, that puts Evan and Zach tied at 136 and 122, and myself at 140 and 118. Um, I'm tumbling. Yeah. Do we want to talk about talk about the cups first, or save that for the end? I feel like that's where we'd have more talking points. Go with the cups at the end. Okay. Let's get the last week out of the way. Yeah, so right away, I'm going to hand this off to you. We have Man United versus Fulham. You want to break this one down? Uh, there's not much I can really say. I didn't get to watch it, well, but I know Slab got one at the end, but it didn't matter because we got out Fergie with Iwobi in the 97th. Yeah, so it, one two final uh, in Fulham's favor on the road. We saw um, action going both ways in the first half. Iwobi was uh, a big piece in this game, but in both halves he had a few good chances. Uh, Garnacho in the first half had a few good chances on Leno. Uh, that he finally made some good saves this week. Uh, but we saw the first goal come in the 65th minute off a set piece. Calvin Bassey scores, I believe, his first of the season um, at Old Trafford. Yep, his first goal this year in all comps puts them on the board. We saw a big, massive change that would turn the tide in the end. Dama Traore getting in the, in the team in the 77th. Um, but in the 89th minute, we saw Bruno whip a ball in across Leno unfortunately spills it, and Maguire gets a nice little tap in. We're going 1-1 in extra time. United's putting on the pressure, and then there's a quick break off a throw-in. Adama Traore beats Erickson and Maguire down the side. Nobody can keep up with him. And then a nice little pass across the box to Wobi gives Onana the eyes, puts it in the bottom left corner in the 96th minute to have the away fans absolutely in limbs. This is a massive win for Fulham. Uh, this puts them only three points behind Chelsea. Um, in They're currently in 12th now. They have a four-point gap from Palace. So uh, two wins in their last three. Uh, and it's it's a massive win for Fulham without Paulinho. Or sorry, Parlinha, because um, he's on a two-game suspension. I thought they would really struggle in this game. But it seemed like United didn't show up, even though they were on a four-game win streak in the league. Yeah, I mean... Been up and down all year, and losing Hoyland, I think, was the biggest factor. Yeah, um, I think we mentioned that last week. Well, we didn't know he was injured at the time, but it, with a, a striker like him in, in phenomenal form, I think he scored in five or six straight matches. Uh, they said, or I'm thinking of Saka, but um, still, he's in phenomenal form. He's the only true number nine they have, and they put it Rashford up there because they played the youngster Forson out on the right. It really kind of threw things off. Yeah, that was a, a scramble. 
had had to bring in the young lad. I mean, you could tell him some of the photos are warming up that he was yeah. he was nervous for the occasion. So yeah, but you guys won the cup Makes today. Like that, you guys won in the cup today. Thankfully, you get a matchup against Liverpool in the quarterfinals. But next on the plate is the Manchester derby here, um, coming off. Uh, the result you guys had, and now Man City, Holland scored five goals in the in the FA Cup. He and De Bruyne is in fitness. So, what's the, um, what are you thinking formation wise for without Hoyland here? How do we how do we make this a competitive match? Injure Holland. Yeah. Okay. Hit him hard and fast. How would you set up your team? Casem- what you, Casemiro, what, you know what to do. How would you set up your team right now with the current players you have available? I don't know if there's another formation they can play. I mean, Ten Hag has cons- been pretty hard lined on the four-two-three-one. I think. Do you consider a, a three center back formation, or do you guys just be, stay with what you've been doing and hope it's enough? I think they're going to keep keep what it's been. Can't really change. Like I said, Ten Hag's pretty pretty sturdy with the way he does things, so I don't think he's going to adjust too much. Okay. Well. Uh, this is their first loss, I believe, in their last six matches there for United. So they're still three points away from Tottenham in fifth. So they're in contention to get back in that mix. But uh, this is going to take a hit for a lot of the players' confidence. All right. Next up, we had a big high-scoring game. We had Aston Villa 4, Nottingham Forest 2. This puts uh, Villa five points clear, Tottenham in fourth place. Um, we saw goals right away come from Ollie Watkins in the fourth, and then Douglas Weese with a brace in the 29th and 30th. Uh, Nia Kete equal, or sorry, got one back before the first half. Uh, they doubled down, got a second from Gibbs White in the 48th, uh, but the, the dagger in the 61st minute, Leon Bailey, potentially man of the match here, he's been on fire as of lately, gets the, the one that ends it. Um, Forrest now down in 17th position on 24 points um only four only four points from Luton who do have a game in hand on them could cut that to a one point deficit and they still have those FFP allegations looming over their head with potential point um deduction so um what do you think the result here for both teams I mean it's a lot of goals so exciting one to watch Forrest giving up a lot which they, I think they, what was their goal difference? I know it's a out of left field question, but last year I felt like they conceded a lot too. Uh, they're currently at a negative 14 goal differential. Last year, at the end of the season, they ended with a negative 30. Yes, yeah, so they get into dog fights a lot. And this one didn't come out on top because um, Villa's definitely more a complete team. Like you said, Ali Watkins, Leon Bailey doing work and. Dougie Lou in the middle there has been solid for him all year. Might have been, might be their best player this season. Yeah, he's been a guy that's come out of the woodwork, a former Man City product. He's finally getting his time to shine. Uh, John McGinn as well, having a phenomenal year. They're having to adapt now with players like Buendia, Mings, and um, Camara all being ruled out for the rest of the season. And then Diego Carlos is also out for, I believe, a month with a bit of an injury to a hamstring, I think. So... Yeah, they're keeping up pace. Unai Emery having a phenomenal year. They're on 21 goal differential, uh, positive goal differential, sorry. Three wins in their last five. And they have a few favorable matchups coming up with uh, Luton this weekend. So 
uh, and then they the Europa League picks or sorry the Conference League picks back up for them too in the middle of next week. So we'll have to see what that does to their form and fitness. Obviously, with all those injuries, as I mentioned, not the deepest of benches they have, but um, for Nottingham Forest here, they have their attack looking good, but it seems like like as you mentioned, their defense is letting them down this this time. Or sorry, come the end of the year, they ended with 38 goals for... They're at 34 right now with 12 left, so they're improving there. But uh, it just doesn't seem like they're able to keep the ball out of the back of their own net. They've had a lot of goalkeeper changes, uh, as, mm-hmm. well as, as well as changes in the back line. So um, what do you think needs to be changed a bit? Do you think they just need to run a couple games of form? They played decently against United today in the Cup, but it wasn't enough. Going to get Willie Bully back in the team. Yep, that's what you've been shouting for. <laughs> that's what they're missing. Um, still, Nuno's putting in a, a tough shift. They only have one win in their last six, and it's looking it's looking tougher and tougher as the games go on because Luton's looking pretty decent, even against the big teams. So we'll have to see what they do this weekend against, um, I believe they play Liverpool. Yeah, it's their, yep. ho- their home, though. Okay. Uh, next up. We have Brighton 1, Everton 1. Everton fought tooth and nail for this one. Uh, they got a goal in the 73rd minute. Absolute scorcher from Jared Braithwaite, who's having a fun, who's had been having a phenomenal year. We could be seeing him move on in the summer. He definitely deserves a, a move to a better team if Everton are still struggling. Uh, a controversial red card in the 81st minute to Billy Gilmore, which played Brighton 10 men for the remainder of the match, but they got an equalizer in the 94th minute from a Lewis Dunk header, of course, from a Pascal Gross assist once again. Uh, the man is absolutely cooking this year with the assists. Um, I believe got his debut for Germany at the age of like 32 as well, so he's a late bloomer and is absolutely grinding, but uh, a much-deserved point for Brighton. Keeps them five points behind United in seventh position currently, Brighton are. All level on points with West Ham right behind them. Everton, this gets them 25 points. I guess we'll start off with this. There was a ruling update that uh, for their appeal, they got four points back from that 10-point deduction, so they were only deducted six now. So currently in the table, they jumped up to 15th, and they're on 25 points, five clear of the drop. What, what do you think that does to the locker room morale? I mean, you just got to keep fighting. That's always been Everton's mentality. They'll they'll be fighting to the better end and probably stay up like usual if I had to make a prediction now. Do you think that has more of an effect on the teams around them? We see Brentford struggling right now. They're level on points with Everton with the worst goal differential. Uh, Forrest, as we just talked about, they're a point behind Everton now. And then we have the likes of Palace and Bournemouth right above them, only three points away. Palace with a new manager now, Bournemouth, who still are without a win in their last seven. You're asking me what it's going to do to the teams around them? Yeah, I asked you. I was like, what do you think it has more of an effect on the other teams around them, not seeing that Everton got a massive increase in points? It puts those other teams in danger. I mean, it, honestly, I don't think they're interested in Everton. They're interested in themselves. You don't think after every game they're checking the league table to see how the other teams are doing? I mean, curiosity might get to them, but everyone is probably focused on the next match, just they're, doing better that week than everyone else. They're true professionals. Okay. Yeah, Well, I would they, imagine. We've been seeing as of lately, Everton have been playing uglier and uglier ball, even though Ducore's back. Uh, DCL's still looking for his first league goal since October. 
Um, we're seeing Jordan Pickford, Jordan Pickford, sorry, having to stand more and more on his head. Everton were outshot 23 to six in this game, seven on target for Brighton, three only for Everton. Um, one major bit of news as well for Brighton, uh, Kara Matoma has been ruled out for the remainder of the season with a back injury. Damn. So how much is that going to affect their team as already they've been struggling with injuries? A lot. You have to rely on the fullbacks and just gross to keep cooking as he does. He's been their out-and-out guy for the last however many seasons they've been up. Mm-hmm. He just Over the last few years, he just gets uh, overshadowed by big name guys like McAllister last year, but Gross has always been like this. He's he's very consistent for them. I think they'll be all right. Yeah, and it seems like they're one of the most inconsistent teams around now. They're going from games giving up four, and then they score four or five themselves, and then they, get, they go right back to leaking in the back. But um, I believe they have a good run of games now. They have a plus eight goal differential. They're getting guys back from injury, even though I mentioned Matoma's out. The Julio Enciso is now back, coming off the bench, getting minutes. João Pedro should be coming back within the next week or so, um, as well as Ansu Fadi is also coming off the bench. So it seems like they're getting their attacking players back, but they're going to have to fill the hole for Gilmore there uh, for a little bit of time. So, okay. Uh, we move on to the last 10 o'clock kickoff game there was this past Saturday. We meant, as I mentioned, Crystal Palace getting three points here off that new manager bounce. 3-0 win at home to Burnley. Started off not much going on the first 30 minutes, but in the 35th, Burnley playing out of the back, a casual, or sorry, a, a, a risky pass from James Trafford not being aware of the surroundings. Uh, right to Jefferson Lerma, who jumped Brownhill in on goal. Brownhill pulls his shirt, gets a straight red. Burnley now playing down to 10 men for 60-plus minutes against a Palace team that's re- that is galvanized by this with the new manager at home when they're desperate for these three points. And they get them. Start off with the American 68th minute, Chris Richards uh, from an IU cross. IU then scored himself four minutes later from a Mateus Franz uh, ball in. And then in the 79th minute, Palace are awarded a penalty and Jean-Philippe Mateta Kills off the game. 3-0 win for the Eagles. Puts them up to 13th position on 28 points. Level with Bournemouth, but with a 1-plus uh, in the goal differential column. Uh, starting off with Palace. Let's go with the positives here. Massive win. They're without uh, Alisse for the next month, but Eze is due to come back potentially for this weekend's match. Yeah, that's a win. Palace definitely needed. I'm just looking back at the pictures from this game all the players are into it that's just a massive morale boost and burnley is just looking like a, a relegation bound team it's inevitable for them yep uh, as well as more unfortunate injury news to palace mark way he underwent surgery so he's going to be out for the next two months so they're going to have to continue with their three center back formation as they've been going with i believe joel ward Chris Richards and Joakim Anderson, which doesn't look too bad um, for them going forward. But as you mentioned, Burnley, only three wins this year, 19 defeats. They're level with Sheffield on 13 points. Both of them have 19 defeats. With 12 games left, the record for the most defeats in a Premier League season is 29, held by Sunderland and two other teams. 
do you think we could potentially see a record broken or tied here by either of these teams with 12 games left? Very likely for Burnley, not for Palace. Uh, last thing on Burnley, we can move on if you want. I was listening today some to other people talking about um, what's going on with them. They don't seem to be changing anything about what they've been doing. It seems like they're cool with going down. They're going to stick with the company who has already shown they, that he can win in the championship and come right back. Do you think this is the right model, or do you think they should be getting a new manager in and trying to do anything to stay in the league? I mean, in the short term, it's definitely a bad look, but it's it's nice to see. I don't know if it's nice trying to, to see. Build, it's, trying to build it's, something. Yeah, it's interesting to see a club actually sticking with a guy and having faith in, a, in the long term. Yep, well... If, if Forrest and Everton don't get any more point deductions as it stands, both Burnley is 11 away from safety with with 12 games left. So they would have to score almost as many points as they've gotten up to this point in the season, which looks almost impossible. Going to happen. Okay. Not happening. All right, we move on to the next game, which turned out to be a really tight one. Uh, Man City won, Bournemouth nil, lone goal in the 24th minute from Phil Foden scoring off a rebound on a Erling Holland shot. That was the end on the scoring, but Man City when, was kind of held a little bit back here. Bournemouth was really in this game. 15 to 13 uh, shots to Man City. Um, six on target, four for Bournemouth. Possession 62-38 in Man City's favor, but Bournemouth played like, like a great unit here. Uh, really stuck it in in the back lines. Neto with a couple great saves, but when it came to the counterattack, Semenyo led the charge. DCL was, or sorry, Dom Solanke uh, was held here, and we didn't really get to see them score too many opportunities, but Man City, man, cut by, uh, what is it, what's the term? Cut a thousand times, or what is it? It's like the Man City thing, or Barcelona. A thousand, death by a thousand cuts. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, so that's kind of how it goes here. Rodri and Stones playing in front of that back three of Akanji, Diaz, and Ake. Ederson back in the team. Uh, a rare start from Mateo Kovacic. We saw De Bruyne didn't come in until the 84th minute. So um, how scary is this Man City team right now going into March? This is about the time of the year where they start dominating all the competitions. But he's always threatening, man. Doesn't matter what uh, what point of the year it is. Always a threat. Yep, they're unbeaten in their last 11 in the league, which is the, the most so far. Um, 33 goal differential. They're only one still, even after all this, they're still one point behind Liverpool in the title race. Um, it's looking good. How how excited are you so far that the title race is still this tight? Very, but City will probably come out on top. <laughs> That's where you're putting your money and, right now. And we... Uh... And we'll look back on this year as another city, another city title if that happens. I believe this would be a record. No team's ever won four years in a row. So, okay. Speaking of the title race, we go to one of their contenders here, Arsenal, picking up three points at home, four-one over Newcastle. Uh, an own goal in the 18th from Botman, Kai Havertz in the 24th there from Martinelli, and then Saka in the 65th from Havertz. And then in the 69th, we saw Kivior off a corner from Declan Rice. Joe, Joe Willock, the former Arsenal man, gets a consolation goal 
for Newcastle off of Dan Byrne cross in the 84th minute. Uh, Arsenal right away did not let Newcastle get any type of uh, momentum or, or form in this game. They just, just to boa constricted the boa constricted them right away. Arsenal is looking like world beaters up up until now since the start of the year. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna have a couple couple big tests that they have to get through. They still have to play City again. Yep, they still have big games. Like yeah, that. that's end of March. So I mean, they just got to keep winning the games they're expected to, and and they'll be fine. Arsenal in their last six have won all six by a goal differential of scoring twenty five, and they've only given up three goals. They're they're absolutely impressive. Crushing it right now. Um, for Newcastle, though, they dropped to tenth position on thirty seven points. Um, how far have they fallen off here? And what do you think, Eddie Howe, so far? Are you putting pressure on him, or is this just kind of what the they the they've they've had to seep what they've done from the previous year, right? They got in the Champions League. They have a lot of games now. They're picking up injuries, and we're getting to this point of the year. They're dropping form game after game. Tough level of competition. I mean, you're in so many at at the level that they are when you finish in a European position, you're playing multiple games a week top of those domestic cups, so it's got to be built to last. You look at the teams that are, I mean, they had to cheat to get where they were, allegedly. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, we're seeing it with the midfield. Newcastle is really thin there. Obviously, start of the season, Sandra Tonali getting banned for the season because of betting, and then Joe Ellington getting injured for the rest of the season. You have a youngster in Miley who is through and through Newcastle, but isn't at that level as well as Longstaff. He just isn't that guy that can be a big catalyst. He's more of a role player, so puts a lot of weight on Kimmeres, who just doesn't seem he can run that whole midfield by himself. Like not a, a very few players could. So, and I think the major thing is we're seeing that back line giving up too many goals. They've given up forty-five goals so far this season. It's compared to last year. If I look back here right now. They gave up a total of 33 goals last year, getting them fourth position. It's not good enough. Not at all. Newcastle's been struggling. I mean, I just took them for a clean sheet. But, I mean, this the second half of the year, I don't have they even gotten one? Clean sheets? Yeah, uh, for Newcastle. Let me look. Their last clean sheet was the end of January, 2-0 against Fulham. Yeah, few and far between. But they don't they don't have too many this year. If I'm as I'm scanning here, I only see I think they have seven clean sheets, but only two in the last like three or four months. And that's just speaking in the Prem. I think they have three in the FA Cup to beat Sunderland 3-0. So yeah, it's not looking good for them defensively. So we'll have to wait and see how the year finishes out, if they can finish in a European position. If not, they try again next year. So, okay. Speaking of teams, form-wise, this team going in the other direction. Wolves with a 1-0 win over Sheffield. Lone goal in the 30th minute from a Pablo Sarabia header off a Ayn Nori cross. Sheffield put up a much better performance here, more respectable. Um, the back line held up okay. They held Wolves to uh, more of a... 
they had to they had to do more slow build up. They had more possession rather than what we've been seeing lately of their quick counterattack with Neto bursting forward. Huang Hee Chan hasn't scored yet since coming back from the Asian Cup. Um, shots thirteen to twelve in Wolves' favor. Two on target uh, for Wolves. Four for Sheffield. They had a couple good early chances on the counter. Brewster had one as well as McAtee. Uh, just couldn't capitalize on it. Didn't have that calmness and composure to, to slot it in past Sa, who had a couple good saves. Uh, this leaves Sheffield in dead last. 13 points, negative 44 goal differential. Uh, and Wolves, on the other hand, this win jumps them up to ninth position with 38 points. Only one point from a European position, which could be massive for them. Yeah, massive. I mean... Sheffield has been showing some promise here and there. Definitely got more fighting spirit than their other uh, promoted teams. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not as much as Luton, but definitely more than Burnley. Yeah. Um, you were the Wolves whisperer last year when it came to our picks. What have you thought of them so far this year in total with Gary O'Neill, who only had five days before the season started? They've been scoring scoring goals, that's for sure. Definitely yeah. more 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 frequently than than last year. Who's Wang been? has been has been the most impressive for him. He's actually uh, scoring goals like a striker should. Yeah, that was my next question. Was going to be who was your most surprising performer from this team this year? And he had to step in there because Neto was was the main guy before the season that you had. Uh, he Probably could, being their their most influential player. Yep, and he picked up a big injury, and he stood up in the meantime. And Mateus Cunha as well, who should be coming back in the next coming weeks. That they've had a, a dynamic strike force this season. Yep, they improved on their what I would say their weak spot was. Okay, uh, and the last game we have cover with the short week we had uh, West Ham with a surprising performance, a four two win over Brentford. We saw a surprising return for Lucas Paqueta, who they've sorely missed. Started on the left with Kudus on the right. Ward-Prowse behind Jared Bowen, who scored his first career Premier League hat-trick. First in the fifth, second in the seventh, both assisted by the fullbacks in Emerson and Soufal. Neil Mopay scores a goal in the 13th to make it competitive, but in the 63rd minute we saw the hat-trick completed by Bowen off a Kudus cross. And then goal of the match in the 69th, Emerson Royale, who some deem man of the match with a 10 out of 10 performance, got a goal to his assist with an absolute screamer in the top right. Uh, and then a consolation goal in the 82nd from Visa off a Damsgar assist. Starting off with West Ham, massive win. Their first win in seven games. This puts them back in eighth position, level with Brighton on 39 points. Um what have you thought of the of the performance so far from West Ham here after that dreadful session with Calvin Phillips, who, mind you, was suspended for this game and they performed a lot better without him? I mean, shocking, like, relegation level at times. They had no goals in, the, in their last three coming into this one. And then Bone gets a, just a surprise hat trick. So, I mean, roller coaster ride, I guess a pretty uh pretty dreadful one <laughs> to put one word to it but with some light at the end of the tunnel i guess 
Yeah, we saw after those two early goals, they kind of reverted back into that team we you, that you mentioned, relegation for them. They let Brentford get back in the game, and even at 3-1, it seemed like Brentford, you could argue, had some momentum to get back into the game, but uh, they put it to bed in the 69th. So we saw some smiles from the crowd. We saw big smiles from David Moyes, who we haven't seen too much of that lately off of his face, but a bit of comfort there for them. But Brentford... Your boys on the other end, Ivan Tony, they sit in 16th position, five clear of the drop. Only one win in their last six, two wins in their last 12. What's the solution here for them right now? Is it waiting to get all your key players back in fitness? We know Embuemo and, and Pinnock are coming back the end of March. Um, what what solution do we find here for Brentford? Uh... I don't know. I guess wait for the, all the puzzle pieces to be there. I don't know what else to say for him. The fixture list doesn't get easier. Their next three, they are home to Chelsea. They travel to Arsenal. Uh, and then they travel to Burnley, followed by a home against United. So they still have quite a few of the big teams left. This this next five is where most of them are. Uh, and then after that, they have, a, they have a pretty clean run of games. I guess just keep scoring goals, keep Tony warm. Yeah, you get Tony. You get Tony in good form. I mean, you're you're likely going to be at least getting a point out of the game. Yeah. What have you thought since his return? He's got four goals in his in the in the what's that in the seven in the seven games he's been back. He's been a a very big figure for them. He's been doing fine. He just needs his boy Embuemo back for that extra bit of service. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to? That's the recap from those games. Do you want to touch on the cup games first, or do we want to go into our predictions here? Get the predictions done. Okay, because I have a little bit... I guess we have more meat on the bone with the cup stuff I have to specifically make, but... Okay, I have Evan's picks. He just sent them to me. Um, We have 10 games here, thankfully. We have a jam-packed Saturday window, six games at 10 o'clock. It's going to be a jam-packed goal zone, or goal rush, sorry. Um, kicking it off, Everton hosting West Ham. I'm going to give you the first pick here. I'm going to take, I want to say West Ham on the road, but judging by how they've been playing this year, they might have a, a they might give up a, a shock equalizer at the end. I'll take a tie. Okay. That is pretty much where I'm at. I'm also taking a draw. I'm not buying into what I saw from West Ham last week. I don't think Everton's going to be as dis- dismantled in the back as Brentford were. They're a much more stable team in the back line. They have what is, they, they have the fourth best defense this year in the league, only giving up 34 goals, only behind the top three title contenders, which is very good. Um, so, yeah, I think Everton are going to be tight here, but I just feel like offensively is their weakness which on the opposite end of their defense being top five, their offense is third worst, only behind Sheffield and Burnley. So they are a tale of two when it comes to the offense and defense. Um, And Evan is going to go with West Ham. Uh, Next up, we have Fulham host and Brighton. This one's going to be a tight one, battle of the mid-table teams. Two different stories here. I'm going with Brighton. Evan is taking Brighton as well. Zach, what do you say? I'm going to play the opposite. I'll take Fulham at home. 
Okay, what um, they're going to be without Paulinha again. He was on a two-game suspension. Do you think that sways you at all, or do you think they keep up what they did at Old Trafford? Because I feel like Fulham's a team that can't put two games in a row of performances. We'll see here. I think they have the 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 talent up front to be able to bang in a couple. Okay. Um, next up, we have Brentford hosting Chelsea. West London Derby here. What what are you leaning here? I think Chelsea's going to be upset after dropping the League Cup final to Liverpool. And, I mean, uh, take out their frustrations here. So I'll take Chelsea on the road. Okay, that's definitely not what I want to hear because... I, as we've been doing the season, I've been keeping up with our individual team records. You have the worst Chelsea picks. You're eight and seventeen, so I don't like hearing that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take Chelsea as well. I think Cole Palmer, with a little bit of rest, is good. And Brentford's defense is looking very rugged. Ben Mee is going to be game time decision as well for this game without Pinnock. So. I like our chances, which isn't saying much, but Evan's going to go with the draw. Okay. Next, Newcastle hosting Wolves. I am going to take Wolves here. I think this is, I think that's where a lot of the money's going to go, which is a bit of a trap. Newcastle at home is going to be really tough, but I like Wolves here being gritty. Evan is going to be taking Wolves as well. Uh,. Yeah, this will be a tough one. I think I'm gonna take another draw with that one. Yeah, what do you what are you leaning towards here? What what makes you say that? Low scoring, but teams are gonna struggle to finish. Okay. Might be a possession based game with Newcastle probably getting more chances just because of uh Trippier whipping a lot of balls in. Yeah, he's somebody that needs to pick up his performance in the offensive end, I would say. Okay. Um, next up, we have Forest home to Liverpool. I think this is going to be an easy one. I have Liverpool. Evan has Liverpool as well. Zach? Just chalk it here. I'll take Liverpool. Okay. Um, do you think your decision changes with Salah, Nunes, and Zobazlai all being questionable, or you're fine with how they are? I'm fine with how they are. It's hard to pick against them this year. Okay. Uh, and the last 10 o'clock game we have, we have Tottenham hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, what are you thinking here? Go Spurs at home on this one, too. Yep, they had a full week of rest here. Um, not They were scheduled to play Chelsea, but with the cup final, they were adjusted. So they have a long bit of rest. I believe Udogi should be back. I don't think Pedro Poro's... Yeah, Pedro Poro's going to be out. Wait, be another week. But uh, Udogi's set to be a game-time decision. Uh, I'm taking Spurs as well. Evan is going to be taking... Yeah, he's taking Spurs as well. He took Spurs, right? You got the picks? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, you did. Yes, I did take Spurs. Okay, I was making sure. Thought you asked me what Evan did. No, no. Um, okay, the last game, the 12-30 kickoff. Primetime Luton home against Aston Villa. Um, 
this is a tough one. Luton have played every single big team tough at home, and Villa's road record isn't. Uh, it is top five, but it is considerably worse than their home record. Um, four losses on the road for them. They've given up quite a few goals as well, but I'm going to be taking a draw. Evan is taking Villa. And you can make it a three-way split. I'll take Luton at home. Really? What makes you say that? I don't think Adebayo is going to be back. I don't know. I've I just been liking their team as of late. Oh, he I like watching them. Decision. I hope he plays. If he does, that'll give me even more reason. Um, real quick, what's your thoughts on Ross Barkley so far? He's a guy that's really turned his career around the last couple of months. His performances have been pretty good. He's been an absolute rock for him. He's everything that they he, he's he's shown all the reasons why they signed him. Got the Premier League experience there. Probably a good locker room presence, even if he's not the most talkative guy. I mean, he just lets his performance speak for itself. He's he's, he's just showing some class on the field, man. He's nice. Okay. Uh, next up, we jump to Sunday. Only two games. First, 8 a.m. kickoff. Burnley hosting Bournemouth. Where are we thinking here, Zach? Ugh. This... Not, not the nicest game. Good that it's super early. No. You can sleep through this one. You you could, and uh, it's going to be even more of a reason to sleep through it because it's going to be a boring tie, probably 0-0. Zero, zero. That would be massive in company's cap. Um, so you're taking a draw. I think this is a good spot for Bournemouth after the performance they put up against a city in the in the um, league last week and unfortunate exit in the cup to Leicester in penalties or sorry extra time um, I think this is a bounce back for them they'll get a win Evan is taking Bournemouth as well uh, game of the week Man City hosting Man United 10:30 kickoff Evan is going to be taking a draw I'm taking Man City gonna take Man City and what's the percentage here? What is the percentage here for United to get something out of this game? Slim. 10%? Or is that too generous? 5 to 10. And what in that 5% gets something? What what performance do we have to see? What do we see have to happen? We, I already know you already said Hurt Holland, but what do you think? An injury team? or VAR or just uh, some set-piece goals? Yeah, gets get uh Maguire in there or Casemiro. He he just scored one. Uh, we'll probably talk about if we're getting to the cup games. Yep, the last time United won was that game last January, where VAR was a massive decision. We saw the potential offsides where Bruno ran the ball was played, let it go, and Rashford scored. That was the winner. But since then, Man City's had a had a tight grip on this tie in the last six, winning five of the last six. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really brutal out there for United. I just hope it doesn't get out of hand early because I need Bruno to get some sort of points for me in fantasy this week. Okay. Last game, Sheffield hosting Arsenal. Arsenal for me, Arsenal for Evan, and I'm going to say it for you, Arsenal. Um, could this be a 6-0 thumping again? Very well could be. Sheffield's already gotten handed a, a couple in that range this year. I already told Zach yesterday, 
my FPL team. This is my triple captain week, and I'm putting it on Saka. So hopefully he gets his two early goals. He'll, they'll probably rest him in the 60th for uh, – they have a big second tie against Porto there where they're down 1-0. So I'm sure he's not going to play the full 90 regardless of the score. But, um, yeah, hopefully he gets his goals early. Okay. Yep, that's all the games for this upcoming week 27. We're sitting at 40 minutes, so we can rattle for 10 to 15 here on the Cups. Carabao Cup Final. Liverpool, 1-0 in extra time. Um, what did you? What were your overall thoughts on the game before we get into it too deep? Chelsea through the game. Okay. Anything else in deeper context, deeper detail? Liverpool showed their character in all, all heart. Doesn't matter who's out on the field, young or old. It was great showing from them and just a poor showing from Chelsea because they couldn't finish. Uh, it's just uh, that simple from from hearing about it uh, over the weekend when it happened. So the number one thing, which I agree with, and in the, the moment it happened, when Liverpool are coming in heavily injured and Klopp makes the decisions on taking out McAllister and Robertson and putting in young players into those spots with not a lot of experience... Um, and Chelsea get a good handle on the game in the last 15 to 20, and we don't push to keep going, and then extra time starts, and the, the word is that Pochettino said we were playing for pens against half a team of U21s. That is not reassuring as a fan in that situation. You need to be pushing and pushing and putting that pressure on those guys. It's... Uh, it's this is probably makes up the whole season this term. It, it's a Spursy mentality. He's ter- he's, he's bringing Spurs into Chelsea and making it that, and it's the worst case scenario for us. We don't want that. This one could have easily been done in regulation. Everyone watching the game just knew the momentum was Chelsea's way, and it's just a matter of time before they were going to get one. Connor Gallagher had three very very yeah. good opportunities. Um, I mean, credit to... Palmer was cooking the whole second half. I mean, credit to to Kelleher in goal. He made some phenomenal saves, but, I mean, it's just, you, you can only be handed so many opportunities and to, to smack it out of the, the hand, giving it to you, it's just, you're eventually going to get bit. And we did. Van Dyke in the 118th off a of corner is just... Um, Mudrick didn't go and attack the header. He just waited for the ball to come to him, and Van Dyke pounced on it, and it it was coming. Um, another guy, game after game, that I can't really have any complaints for is Petrovic. I mean, this guy coming from the Revolution, we saw this with Matt Turner. He made some great saves too when he started with Forrest, playing good, but has fizzled out. So Petrovic is picking up the torch for the New England Revs' reputation in the league. Um, it's um, yeah. I mean, Bob Sanchez is back. Hopefully, he doesn't play in the league. We saw him play in the cup today, and his distribution once again made me vomit a lot. Um, <laughs> Sanchez is back. Hopefully, he doesn't play. <laughs> I mean, the guy's on a seven-year deal, and he's always been a backup. And Brighton didn't work out for him there, so why would it work out here? Gallagher had the best opportunities for us. Couldn't pounce. Nico Jackson still raw. His hold-up plays really bad and 
it's tough. Um, Malagusto is a guy that's really earned his spot. Uh, even if Reese James comes back, I still want Gusto playing over him. I mean, if Reese James is going to get hurt when he comes back after playing two minutes, he might as well be a backup guy for Gusto. When when it gets tough, just to bring an attack and full back on would be great. So, um, yeah, I mean, what else do you have? Do you have any more points on Chelsea or Liverpool here? Really, credit to the Liverpool youngsters. They look great. Yeah, that's one out of four for Klopp before he re- before he leaves. Um, do you think they have a good chance to win the quadruple? And also, caveat on that, is it a real quadruple if it's not the Champions League? Why not? That's four trophies in all four competitions that they'd be in. Okay, I just thought about I wouldn't that. Deval- I wouldn't devalue it. Okay, fair. Um, speaking of that, the FA Cup, we saw... We already see the quarterfinals are set. We have Man City hosting Newcastle. Chelsea are hosting Leicester. Wolves hosting Coventry. And we have Man United hosting Liverpool. All these games are going to be on March 16th at 11 o'clock. What are we thinking here? Who has the toughest tie? Man U Liverpool. Yeah, that was a given. What are your chances in that? I think United has a shot because uh, they're at home. If that was away, it'd be over. There's no replays in this stage, so it will nope. go to extra times and that, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, I'll say this. You can definitely count on Man City in the final. How much are you putting into the FA Cup basket? Is that a tournament you guys you want to win, or is it if That's we... That's the only thing they got a realistic shot at winning, so why not? Yep, they're already out of the Champions League. Not Won the League else. Cup last year. Another domestic cup would be pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, um, I'm happy. Well... Our draw could have been a little better, but um, we're, we're pretty much doing what we did again. We just beat Leeds in a tight 1-3-2. Wasn't the most convincing as normal, but Gallagher in the 90th with a nice little goal was great. Mudrick scored, um, as well as Nico Jackson. We saw great moments there, but the full 90, was an, it was not an overall great performance. Leeds is probably going to get promoted back up, and... Even even more likely to get promoted is Leicester as they've been dominating the championship. So I just I just want us to be prepared to come out strong in these games, and it's a must win. It, whoever wins the FA Cup is guaranteed a spot in the Europa League, and we are definitely not finishing in the top six. So this is a must win competition because the league is done. We finish where we finish. We have to win this cup for anything to come out of this year. There you go. All right. Um, oh, best and worst players from last week. We forgot to do that. Let me hit the drops. Let's start. Hit the board. Let's start with our man Eli. Get the Eli out the here. Best man. There he is. I did it. He did it. Um, would you like to lead off with your choice, best player of the week? I'll just credit Arsenal for keeping up their run of form. A player, though. Utter domination player? Yeah, it's player of the week. Sometimes we allow manager or whatever, but... Let's see. I got to get the fixtures list up. Okay, well, I'm going to get mine. You go ahead. I'm going to go with Leon Bailey. Uh, Great performance for... Villa here, he really cut up the the right the left side of Forest defense. They had no answers for him. Uh, pivotal role in a lot of their opportunities, goal and assist. 
uh, especially when that first goal really opened up the game and allowed Fela to calm their nerves in the first five. Um, so yeah, Leon Bailey for me, easy. I'll give it to Bowen with the hat trick. I would say that would be kind of a given, his first career hattie. First career hattie, showing that West Ham is still uh, alive and not throwing. They're still alive. Yeah. So we'll go bowing on that one. Yep, okay. Well, I mean, this is perfect for West Ham at the moment. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Most times maybe shit, I guess. That time it was good. All right. Uh, okay. Flip flip the coin here. Worst player of the week brought to you by our man Stephen A. For me, it would have to be... I think I'm going to go with Bruno Fernandez for United. I'm in no mood. Um, the, the, the clip of him late in the game getting clipped and going down like he was shot and then coming up and nothing happened and then pissed off to the ref is the very poor leadership. Probably the toughest club to be a captain of in England is Man United, but... There's not many role models in that club at the moment, and he's just—it just does not have the emotional control to to lead that team, and didn't get the job done because of Big Adama. Big Adama, indeed. What about you? Where are you leaning towards here? Worst player of the week? Hmm. I don't know if it was for his performance, but. He's definitely having the worst time out of all the goalies in the league. Uh, Trafford for Burnley, yeah. just getting just getting pummeled. He was the he was a main reason for the red card to Brownhill, put him in a really bad spot. Hospital pass. Losing three nil is is never good, and just having to sit in the back behind all the players and take it sucks. Yeah, especially, go, especially to a Palace team. Yeah, um, Palace as well. I got Trafford. He just not him specifically, maybe for his performance, but they give up a lot of goals. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if there's nothing else to be added, let's cut you guys clean here at 50 minutes. Uh, if you guys would like, you can follow us at the underscore cutback on Instagram, and I believe the cutback underscore on Twitter. Still haven't memorized those yet. Still used to the post-20 stuff, but that's what Evan usually does. So we adapt and we move. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, look for the cutback with our new art, as you guys have seen. And, uh, yeah, Zach, once again, thank you for filling in this week. Appreciate you. You can go back into your six- to eight-week hibernation. Which yes, sir. It would put you right back, put us meeting again at the end of the season. Perfect. So, yeah. Uh, Yep. Thank you guys again for listening. Uh, Make sure you listen to all of our past content as well as our future content as it comes out weekly. And until then, we'll talk to you next time. Take care.